Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, the good news is we're here, Producer Moose. Are you, uh, you know, acclimating back to the cooler temperatures and no humidity from your time in Florida? All right, first of all, you may have noticed, did you notice I hardly posted any pictures from Florida while I was there? Well, there's the alligator that was right outside your studio. I think that yes. was last, the only one I saw. Yeah, I, I built a studio in the back of my Aunt Della's house. Not built, but you know what I mean? I was on the stairs. Yeah. And I put pillows all around from her couch. And then I had uh, a computer and my big microphone and my headphones. And so I created this little bastion. And oh, forget it. It's like kids <laughs> running in and out. They were sneaking in a different door. Then they're like laughing and watching movies. But I have headphones on, so I don't realize they're making noise. Right. And then my producer's like, um, Angie, um, what's that really loud noise in the background? And it was like, you know, my cousin's truck, the mowing guy that decided to mow the lawn while we're doing a plane that flew over the top. Senior citizens are loud in this park. So anyway, it was like laughable by the end. Then my aunt comes in and like, she's just drawing the curtains, like those leveler blinds or whatever they're called, the uh-huh. louvers or whatever. And she's like, click, 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 but doing it slow. So it did not make too much noise. It went on forever. And my, like, my, Mom, <laughs> Mom, I'm trying to have a TV show in your basement. It felt like that, you know, like trying to do a podcast in your parents' basement. Like, no, we have a national show. Okay, so with that said, um, yeah, okay, here's what I know. Okay, first of all, people irritate me when they're at, like, Disney World, and they're like, hi, Moose and Jorge. It's 82 degrees at Disney World. I know you're in the snowiest month in Colorado when it's freezing there. Ha, 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 ha. I hate those posts. Yeah. I hate them. So you, you spared us? I did because I kept wanting to post a little something here and there, but I thought, you guys are freezing here. All the snow was falling last week. It was the snowiest month, you know, uh, in like 100 years, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to post. It's 82 degrees in Florida. I'm at the pool at the senior center, which was the senior, yeah. Which, <laughs> it was actually more glamorous than it sounds. Well, all my friends in Atlanta were posting pictures saying, whoa, look at all this snow. There's like an inch and a half. So I go out to my driveway where I have like a three-foot snow bank, and I'm just like, take that, bro. And they're like, oh. Okay, humble pie, well reserved. Okay. Have you seen that thing they've been posting that said, like, Dallas got a little snow, and it said Dallas got a blizzard, um, had a blizzard, and it shows like an inch of snow, and then they show Denver buried, and they go Denver laughed and said that's really cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. All right. So with that said, yeah, here's the weird thing. When I came back, I shivered for a day. My mom goes, "Are you sick?" So I'm in the house. I have the heat up to 72. I have a space heater next to me. I'm wearing my winter coat, a hat, and a scarf, shoes, and like sweatpants. And I was shivering. Wow. Isn't that creepy? <laughs> yeah, it's creepy. It's like one week my body's like, retire to Florida. I'm like, I'm too young. And my body's like, I don't care. Like, it was like my body wanted to be back in Florida. It was so weird that in one, in like eight days that I found this to be so cold here. Yeah. Well, one of my good friends in high school is from Nigeria. And she'd go back and forth and hang out with her family for a couple weeks and then come back to Denver. And it'd be Whoa. 72 degrees. And, you know, we'd be in shorts and sandals and she'd be in a parka because she's used to, you know, 100 degrees and it being like, you know, maybe 70 in the springtime. She would just be absolutely freezing. Isn't that funny how your yeah. body adapts like that so quickly? I think it's crazy. All right, you know, one of the things we have going on our show is uh, something we talk a lot about, grandparents and the importance of that legacy, the love grandparents give, the patience, the uh, time and guidance. And I think it's so important, whether you get along with the grandparents or not, make sure the kids, if they treat them well, have access to the grandparents because... I just think it's such a valuable resource that so many of us overlook that older generation that can give them so many wonderful lessons and so much love. And I know you, Producer Moose, you left your on-air job. You're hosting a radio show. You guys moved back to here 100% to be near family. Yep, and uh, moved in with my in-laws, which we absolutely love. And uh, most, I'd say about 85 90% of my wife's family all lives in the same neighborhood. You said within, all the whole family lives within blocks of each other. Like How many yep. kids? Um, well, my wife is the youngest of four. Four, okay. And um, we live the furthest away at seven blocks. Whoa. My brother-in-law lives two blocks away from mom's house. My other brother lives four blocks away, so we're like the outliers. It takes us a whole 12 minutes to walk to grandma's house. To walk. <laughs> so she must be great. Oh, yes. Cindy K is phenomenal. So everybody loves her. Mm-hmm. And so your wife said, I want to, because you guys started having kids then a couple of years back. You've got yeah. two now. And so your wife said, I, I want to move back home. Yeah, and so did I. Uh, just to uh, have her be near that, she's always about wanting her children to grow up with cousins because she grew up with cousins because all my wife's um 
you know, aunts, they all had kids. And so my mother-in-law was like the catch-all for all the kids to be the daycare so everyone else could go work. But you made sacrifices to do that. Yes. You left your radio job, and for a while you didn't. You weren't back in radio for a while. Right. I was uh, working for the city, doing odd-end jobs here and there, just to try to make ends meet, just so my wife could be near family and be near family myself. I admire you for that. I Seriously. I Thank think you. a lot of guys, I almost feel like I'm in a cry horde. What is wrong with me? <laughs> Give me some coffee or the something. Altitude. No, but yeah, it is it's the altitude. I'm not acclimated. Yeah. Now, I miss Florida. No, I was just going to say, Moose, and I am getting teary-eyed. I admire you for that because I think a lot of guys in their 20s or in your 20s at the time, to, your dream has been to work on radio forever. And granted, you're back in, but you had your own morning radio show and you gave that up because you wanted to be near family and you knew, more importantly, your wife wanted to be near family. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people in their 20s value money and career over family. And as you heard earlier in the week, my Aunt Della, who's 83, said, family is what matters. That's all that matters. Right. And, um, and faith, obviously. I came from a small family. All my extended family states away. I haven't really seen anybody since oh, so I was your 14. Your family has become your family. Yeah. And when I That's came beautiful. into this family, started dating my wife. It was so weird like to see this you know, family hanging out. And Did they just... go on dates with you? <laughs> no. No. Okay. All right. I didn't know. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't go full Duggar. <laughs> but, um, but it was just so weird for me not knowing what it is. And then I was thinking last week, gosh, why do I feel lonely? And I thought, because we haven't had a family dinner at Cindy Kay's house since Christmas. Cindy Kay, we love you, Cindy Kay. Can we clone her? Yeah, she's a I phenomenal her lady. And, yeah, <laughs> Cindy Kay. Well, that's my daughter, Sayla Kay. And oh. so that's why we named uh, our daughter after Cindy Kay. And Sayla Your mom Kay. jealous? No. Okay. Well, a little bit maybe. Yeah. But no, uh, my, my uh, mom and my mother-in-law, I told my mom, I'm like, oh, you've already got Kaylee, another niece, so I'm going to um, use Anne as the middle name because uh, my mother-in-law is still Anne. And my mom, like, was up in arms, <laughs> and she wanted us to split the middle name. Oh. And so she starts SH, she Shirley, and I'm like, and Del Ann. I came up with Cheyenne. I didn't even know, like, and I spell it with an SH, like Shirley. I, I didn't know what to do because she's like, but wait, guess I do want, I want to share the middle name. I'm like, share, you already got somebody with your middle name. Why do you, no, I want half of the middle name. And I'm like, I already got Del Ann to work with, and Shirley, Del Ann, Shirley. Shirley Delan. I'm like, this is not. My mom is Barbara Francine. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, it works for her. It's not bad. It's just, yeah. well, no, it's just like you've got a couple of double namers. Yeah, yeah. And well, then you'd have four middle names. Oh, I got a headache already over the middle <laughs> names. Oh, my goodness. All right, so, no, I admire you for that. So that's how we're going to get into Steve Hartman's story. He's our favorite good news uh, reporter with CBS News, and uh, he often joins us. In fact, if his schedule allows today, we're actually going to get him on the phone to talk about these two segments. And this Snow Grandpa one, you know, a lot of his stories have, like, deep, deep, like, really heartfelt meaning, which one of them, I'm, I hope we get to does but mm -hmm. this one's more just like a sweet story about a grandpa's love for his granddaughter don't you think yes so let's uh let's let's take a listen to we call it snow grandpa all month long all along the new england coast folks snowed in to their outies have been crying uncle to this aunt arctica but a few hundred miles south outside baltimore one young lady has a whole different lament that almost none of that snow has fallen here do you want to build a snowman? For nearly half her life, four-year-old Sophia White has been obsessing over snow, ever since she memorized the movie Frozen. Yeah, why? She's been dreaming of a blizzard to call her own. And although so far that hasn't been in the clouds for her, her fortunes did start to change a few weeks ago, when her mother Nicole called up her grandfather in Rhode Island. I said, I wish I could just teleport her up to you so she could at least just build a snowman. That's all she's been wanting to do is build a snowman. So the more I thought about it, it's like, you know what, I could do it. Okay. Sophia's grandfather, Alan Queen, is the parts manager at a Harley-Davidson dealership in Pawtucket. His idea? Not to bring Sophia to the snow, but to bring the snow to Sophia. Sweet is this. And didn't Steve tell us before I worked on this that um, I think like the, the other grandmother there the mm -hmm. grandmother back, uh, you know, in the warm spot uh, said he was, hey, there's a really cool story of uh, my granddaughter's going to get snow delivered. That's just So who thinks about doing that? Well, there's that guy on eBay who's selling bottles of the epic Boston snow on eBay. Is he really? For like $85 for a 20-ounce bottle.
Hey, he's smart. Yeah. But I'm telling you, that snow is ridiculous. You know, I've, I talked to my brother, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I told you he couldn't shovel. He had to walk a block to dump the shovel full of snow and walk the block back. Oh, I'm like, bro, get a wheelbarrow or something. Yeah. And there's a lady that's making national news. She is shoveling from her wheelchair because she couldn't get to different locations. Uh-huh. And she's a full-time worker, full-time mom. And so she, like, somehow duct tapes it and, like, puts it in between her um, leg rests on her uh, wheelchair, and it's electric, and she shovels her route. And so people are getting inspired <laughs> by her wow. because she she sh- she's not letting the snow stop her. But he said that his four lanes in front of his house, they're um, down to one. And they park in Boston. I mean, they will punch you out over a parking space. Seriously. Yeah, yeah I'm not kidding. They don't mess around with parking spaces. So the spots are all gone. So not only um, is some of the, with some of the mass transit shut down, um, they don't know where to put the snow. They're melting it and dumping it into the ocean, I guess. Ooh. Yeah. It's insane. He says he's never seen anything like it. So anyway, um, that's why the people in the Northeast are like, really? She needs a truckload of snow. But, you know, Grandpa's love, and we've talked a lot about the importance of grandparents. So here's the rest of Steve Hartman's story on the snow grandpa. So far this season, Alan has twice delivered a bed full of snow. From Pawtucket, Rhode Island to Glen Burnie, Maryland, more than 750 miles round trip just to surprise his granddaughter. First, she didn't get it. She didn't really know what it was, but then when we shoveled some out and she saw it and started playing with it, then it hit her. (laughs) Cold has never been so warmly received. It's snow time. Yeah! (laughs) Which is why Alan plans to make this a tradition. It's good to make kids happy. You're basically spoiling her, you know. That's what grandparents do. Okay. (laughs) It's in the contract. And that obligation to indulge is a big reason most grandparents do what they do for their little angels. That makes it worth it right there. But more importantly, sometimes you have to follow the lead of a little kid to rediscover the joy you've been missing all around you. Has she made you appreciate the snow you have more now? Or maybe not. I take that as a no. (laughs) Hey, we got a lot of it up here, so. So much for my sappy ending. Steve Hartman, on the road in Glen Burnie, Maryland. How cool. Well, it's making some great memories. It's something you should hold on to forever. Ever, forever. And uh, I love what he says about how it's in the contract. Did I tell you guys about the blog I found? It says, to my mother-in-law, I'm sorry. Yes, we've talked about that before. Okay, so basically the mother-in-law was spoiling the kids rotten. Mm-hmm. And so she was irritated. But her mother-in-law then died young at like 60. And she said, I can't tell you, Angie, because I just interviewed her. I can't tell you how much I appreciate everything she did for my kids because they don't remember all the stuff that, that, that she bought them. They remember she was at every school activity, every event, and all the love she gave them. But they did say if Grandma was still alive, we'd probably have a, a brand-new car. Because they're <laughs> now they're teenagers. <laughs> so they know there was some spoiling. Yeah, Cindy Kay and Sayla Kay are thick as thieves. Like, you know, Cindy Kay can be in the kitchen doing something, and my daughter can be on the other end of the house, and she'll just yell, Nene! And she'll just come running, whatever it is, and they are like best friends and spoil her rotten. And it's okay. I mean, now that we live so close, it's kind of not so okay because it happens all the time. But, you know, having a best friend and grandma is always a great thing. Isn't that neat? And, you know, I have to tell you, my mom's been on such good behavior lately. And um, I don't know if I've told the you. The grounding's been lifted? Yeah, she was um, in timeout for being naughty, uh, losing her temper, which we talked about in church the other day about anger, you know, and. Uh, sometimes you don't realize your anger, the way you lash out, how it can hurt other people. And mom had thrown a shoe and it bounced and hit Faith. And Faith uh, idolizes grandma. I mean, she is grandma's best friend. She sits by grandpa, grandma. They sleep in these little twin beds and then with little princess beds. And then she hops out and gets in with grandma, which is hilarious because my mom is not a small woman. And so <laughs> when she Faith gets in that bed with her, they have like two inches of, you know, extra room, which, you know, it's, it's precarious. Let's put it that way. Um, so anyway, I just think that, you know, the love that Faith has for my mom is a really beautiful thing and I think my mom's anger obviously was not meant to hit you know faith with a shoe um, and it didn't really hurt her it scared her more than anything but Mark's like she's done she's in time out actually he said she's banned from the house but we, we <laughs> wanted to make it sound more friendly to the kids yeah like when's grandma getting out of time out we're not sure kids you know when you're older you get more time you know if you're every minute for every <laughs> right. year or whatever so um, with that said, I'm at uh, church this Sunday, and I didn't read the article, but the pastor was talking about anger is a sin and how we lash out at people. And you might think, oh, it's no big deal. Maybe you throw something at the wall or you scream or you yell, but your kids are learning from this. And he and I didn't read the story again, but here's what he said. He said that a husband would throw things at his wa- wife, and he threw a coffee cup at her, and she ducked, and it hit their baby. 
and the baby died. And so he's in jail now. And he said, this man never intended to kill his child. If you, if you called him right now, he'd be so filled with regret. But that sin of anger and us feeling like we can lash out that way, whether it be with our words hurting someone or physically hurting them, he said that's things, you know, he talked about, you know, drug use and alcohol and other forms of sin. But he said, oftentimes we just overlook anger. We're like, well, when I get angry, people just do what I do. So they use the anger as a tool to get their way. You know, we all know somebody like that that gets angry and then you're like, oh, fine, just I'd rather give in than face this. But it's interesting that I don't know what happened with my mom, but she has turned over a new leaf. She has been so good and so loving. And she's like back to the mom that I had as a kid because she was really a loving mom. Oh, well, you know, that maybe just takes that one thing to revert back to. Oh, maybe this is how I should, uh, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, she's been this way for years. Like, she's been mean, like angry and unforgiving for years. So I, I'm just, I, I think it's a miracle from God. I mean, I've been yep. praying about it. She prays about it. And, you know, she said, well, if it's up to, if it's meant, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I know she's praying about it. And I'm just so proud of her. I can't stand it. I call her, I'm really proud of you. You're being so good. My son actually said, did you notice grandma's being really good? I hope she stays overnight. I go, go tell grandma that. Grandma, you've been so good. I really like you here. Will you stay overnight? It, that's a big deal from a third grade boy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Good job, Grandma. Good job, Riley. Good job, Grandma. Um, oh, did I tell you Riley won a big award? Oh, what award? Oh, did I didn't, didn't tell you this? Is it a major <gasps> oh, my award? goodness. Okay, so what what do you want to teach your kids? What's one of the biggest things you want to teach your kids? Love God, love others. Thank you. How about you, Jorge? Yeah, same thing. That's what I'll do all the time. You copying him? <laughs> well, love, stop looking yeah, at my notes, know, bro. Like I say, I wear a shame just with Moses always on the top of everything. Yeah, love God, love others. So he won an award for including and being kind to others. Oh. And you should have seen his little face. And so, you know, it's not quite Harvard, but you know what? For me, it's as good as Harvard. You know yeah. what I mean? Put that sucker on the fridge. Yeah. And I said, hey, how you want? I want to be a good citizen. He's like, I already am a good citizen, mom. And I talk about holding, I do hold doors for girls. And I just think it's funny that, I don't know, like it just made me feel so good out of the whole class that he got picked, mm-hmm. you know? And there's things you could stand out for for that aren't, you know, award worthy. But if there's something like this that does, that could easily go unnoticed, gets noticed, then he's doing a great job. He was so proud. Oh, and when I sent it to my mother-in-law, and, you know, she and I have really bonded in the last couple of years, which, you know, she, she used to not like me. She called me. She said, thank you for that. She goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I cried. She Uh-oh. cried when he got his award. And you get this. I said, Grandma, I have to be honest with you. It takes a lot to make Grandma D cry because <laughs> she's not a crier. She's a tough lady. And she said, yeah, and I watched it again, and I cried again. Isn't that sweet? It yeah. made her so happy that he had this accomplishment for being a good kid. Really All right. Nice. I can't believe I didn't tell you guys. It's so exciting for me. It's like yeah. he got into Harvard. It's like, <laughs> it's that good. All right. I want to share just a little. Um, we were talking about the cold um, weather. Yes. Right. And uh, you talk about this a little bit, Moose, because you thought that you got to kick out. I don't know if we're going to play the whole thing, but these are some college students. Some college students who, uh, you know, dealing with the cold, dealing with the snow, sometimes it just gets overwhelming. You could either, like, scream and be mad about it, or you could be happy and write a song about it. And so they, they, they did several songs, and they're, like, popular songs, and they turned them into cold songs. And I think they're hilarious because they're dudes. Yep. Take a listen. I'm so chilly. You don't even know. Let's take your selfie. As I'm freezing from head to toe. I'm so chilly. I can taste the snow. Just get to Let's go. Pete, look on the bright side. Because you know I'm not about that snow, about that cold, no shovel. I'm not about that ice, not that salt, no trouble. I'm not about that winter weather hassle. I'm not about that cold, about that cold, 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 cold. Yeah, my mama, she told me don't worry about the cold. She says winter will give way to spring and the rays of gold. I could have been getting down to this sick beat. <laughs> my ex-friend said he liked me a tour, and I'm like, oh my gosh, not friends anymore. Then I heard what he said, and I changed my mind instead. And that's when I decided I would shake, shake, shake. 
I just think it's cute. And you're a theater guy. Didn't you think it was kind of yeah, cute? It's fun to listen to. And I, you know, cranked it up in my headphones. And I'm thinking, I'm kind of over this snow, too. I've broken two shovels in the past two weeks. And I'm just ready for sunshine. Broken two shovels in the last Getting caught weeks. in the ice as I flip it. They just snap. I'm like, I'm just so strong. And so is the ice. And ugh. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, coming up in two weeks, you guys, a little bit less than two weeks, the But God Ministries. We are doing a big fundraiser trying to raise money to get a safe house for But God Ministries. So when kids and their families, the moms are abused, they have a place to go. Um, it's on the 14th of March. I'm one of the speakers. I would love to have you come. Email me, News at gmail.com. His love lives here. 810 KLVZ. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs, um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things, but it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. A thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a thousand dollars. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just... I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you? And how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. 
Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the word of God and his love. We would like for you and your family to come and fellowship with us during our bi-weekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries, Proclaiming the love of Christ, 810 AM, KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. I am so excited to have a female globetrotter. Welcome to the show, TNT Maddox. You're going to be playing here in Denver, so you came right into the studio in your cute little outfit. You're so stinking cute, I can't stand it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, You know why I'm so excited about you? Because I want my daughter to see you because she was playing basketball and she said, Mommy, I don't want to play basketball. I just want to be beautiful. And my husband's 6'6", and I'm like, you're the only one in the family that's a female that can play. So I got her a pink and uh, lavender basketball, and she's taking a shine to it. Yeah, let her know she can do both. She can have best of both worlds. So you guys are uh, playing this weekend, uh, the 7th. Yes. And so you came in to talk about that. But I, I, want, I want to talk about the fact that you're a globetrotter female hometown girl. Yeah. So you said you started four years ago. Tell me about that and starting out as the only woman. Yeah. Uh, well, four years ago, I had just returned from overseas. I played in Sweden for two years. Um, that was an awesome experience. And then I, got, I get a call from the scout for the Harlem Globetrotters to come and try out. And I'm like, are women allowed to be on the team? Um, really? I had did, no clue. I had well, at no that clue. time, they weren't, right? You were the woman. Well, I, there hadn't been a woman in nearly 20 years. Wow. So, you know, there was that gap. Um, so I, I show up to the tryout, and there's about four women and 15 to 20 guys. And um, it went really well for me, that, that, that and also the after interview. So there was an interview following the tryout. And it, it just saw everything fell into you know, f- the pieces fell together for me. Well, and the cool thing is, let me be honest here, the Globetrotters are, have a little bit of a Hollywood feel, and you're an athlete, you're a good basketball player, but you kind of look like Miss America with a basketball. I mean, like, you're beautiful and you play ball. Like, you're out of central casting. You're perfect for them. It's definitely a unique combination of sports entertainment. Yes. And um, I don't know if people realize it until they come to the game. Um, we do a lot of improv things like that, as well as, of course, you know, spectacular things with the basketball as far as, like, trick shots, shooting from far away and doing tricks. And um, But I think that's what makes us unique, the fact that we are sports entertainment. We interact with the fans throughout the entire game. And it's a unique experience that an entire family can come to and enjoy themselves. How did it differ from you playing real basketball? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like competitive. Traditional. Yeah, More traditional. traditional. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, I, I think it's just the entertainment aspect. Is it and, fun? And yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that we inter- we interact with the fans so much. We're very intimate with the fans there. We go up into the stands. We bring people out of the stands. Um, and it's just a, it's a good time. Did you learn new tricks? Yeah. I mean, I had no tricks when I got to the team. Really? Like, no tricks? I'm like, I get to training camp, and I'm like, I can't do any of this stuff. So um, some of my teammates, they've been great. They, they taught me, like, the, the fundamentals of things. And then it was up to me to go home and work on things on my own. But um, luckily for me, it, it came around. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> now, when I was little, there was a cartoon. Did you know there was a Globetrotters cartoon? Yeah, on the Worldwide Sport. Worldwide. Yeah, worldwide sports. Yeah, and then there was, there was the guy Curly that was so famous. Yeah. He was bald, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curly's still around, actually. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, he does um, He does a lot of appearances and stuff for the team. I love um, it. Of course, he's not playing anymore, but he is a great guy. I mean, his personality is so infectious. I understand why people loved him. Yeah, that he also was at a central casting. Perfect. But he was like kind of like the face of the Har- Harlem Globetrotters. Right. right. Okay, so uh, since you are a hometown gal from Colorado Springs, tell me a little bit about your story. I hear you're inspirational and that, you know, it's kind of... It's cool because you're kind of breaking some ground here, you know, doing what you do. Yeah, I mean, I, I started basketball fairly late for someone who wanted to be a professional in sports. I started around 12 or 13 years old, um, but I fell in love with it, and it gave me something um, to focus on. You know, I was just at recess walking around aimlessly, and I, I saw a group of boys playing basketball, and I convinced them to let me play, um, and I just fell in love with it. I like the word, convince them to right, let me right. play. Right, right. So, like, you know, I'm the only girl. Can I play? Can I play? Um, so, you know, after a little while, they're like, yeah, sure. And then um, I took to it very quickly, and uh, they were actually surprised. And, you know, from then on, I didn't have to ask them again. Really? They wanted you to play? Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So then where do you go from that? You're 12. You've started, like you said, a late start for a girl or anyone who's going to yeah. play a professional sport. At 12, you start. Uh, and then where do you go from there with basketball? Well, um, I, I wasn't very familiar with female with women's basketball because it wasn't televised as much. Um, so um, I got word that I could uh, go to college using basketball. And I was like, you know, that's what I want to do. Right, let's see if I can get to college. Um, and then, you know, as time went on, I was like, well, I'm taking a basketball pretty well. Uh, maybe I can be a professional one day. And then that was my new goal. Um, so it worked out for me, you know, and I, I really feel blessed that I was able to find something uh, to really take to and find my niche. Yeah, it's yeah. fun to have uh, uh, one of the pastors who, who is on, I'm my pastor, he always says, you know, you might feel like you have a calling to be a singer, but if you can't sing, that's not it. But when you can take your passion and your talents and where they meet, that's your calling. Right. So how cool that you have such a, I mean, that's a pretty fun calling to be a Harlem, yeah. female Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah. And I mean, we do so much off of the court as well. Um, so yesterday I went to a children's hospital. I went to some elementary schools and um, this has given me such a large platform to reach people and to touch their lives. Um, whereas, you know, had I just gone overseas or something like that and played professionally, I would never be able to touch this many people's lives. So I feel like this is, you know, uh, definitely meant to be for at least now. What a cool, surprising ministry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's crazy how it worked out because, I, you know, right before that I got called for the uh, tryout, I wasn't sure if basketball was really, you know, uh, what I should was supposed to still be doing. Um, so, you know, I just kind of prayed about it. And this door just literally just opened up. I mean, and to even get the call to come and try out was, you know, well beyond my, my mental reach, really. And I was like, uh... Sure. And then now look, four years later, you know, I'm You're still traveling playing. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you go? What are some of the places that you've been to? Man, I've been to probably about 15 different countries with the Globe Are Trotters. you kidding me? Yeah. So, you know, a little girl from Colorado Springs. Wow. Australia, New Zealand, France, Monaco, everywhere. So, um, and actually the, next week we'll head into Europe for a European tour. So, yeah, it's, it's been an uh, amazing journey so far. And you get to go out and meet people and have a little mm -hmm. free time in all these countries you go to? Yeah, we get an opportunity to, you know, have a little downtime and do the tourist thing. Um, it's mainly work, but when we do get that opportunity, we definitely take it up. Any favorite countries or places you've been to? So far, I've really enjoyed Australia, and I enjoyed New Zealand. And the reason I enjoyed New Zealand was because um, the Samoan people there, they had a ceremony where they welcomed us to the land. And like it was so intense, and it, it was, I'd never seen anything like that. That is so was, cool. Yeah. And they treat you probably like royalty. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. It was amazing. Uh, recently, I've been to Lakewood. <laughs> like you know, I mean that's that, those are here be fifteen countries. I don't. Yeah. I think if you went through everybody in this building, you might be the only one who's been to fifteen countries. Probably. I mean, we're thirteen stories. Well, that's cool. That that's yeah. I'm. I feel blessed. Honestly, I feel honored to be a part of this team. This is our 80, 89th consecutive season. 89th season for the yeah. Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. What do you think people would be surprised to learn? Because you weren't. You didn't grow up wanting to be a Harlem Globetrotter, right. and so you guys will be here this Saturday. That's why you're in town. Okay. So somebody goes to a show. What would they be surprised to learn? You know, because my nanny actually thought you guys were a regular team, and mm -hmm. my mom's like, "No, honey, the team that they play, that's uh, not a real game." You know, and so she was, <laughs> and she's my nanny's forty. You know, and so mom's driving here with me. You met my mom, yeah, and yeah. she's like, "You know, the nanny thought they were a real like in a <laughs> professional team." So, so what do you think people would be surprised to know? Um, I think they would be actually surprised to see how much actual basketball goes on because, you know, you can script a lot of things, but you can't really script a basketball going into a hoop, especially live. Right. So, you know, we actually have to be able to play. You have to be a good basketball player it's to be improv. a Harlem Globetrotter. Yeah, so yeah, it's a very unique blend of entertainment and sports. And also, um, I think this is one of the – you events that an entire family can come to and have a good time yeah clean dad fun. To the, you know the little girl like there's yeah and it's it's family wholesome fun um so you know we take pride in that being that unique uh event a family can come to i love it all right so something else you said i, I was taking notes as you noticed <laughs> um you know 
you talked about, you know, you weren't sure that you were going to play pro ball, but then you thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and go to college. I think so many young people, they have their eye on the prize. I'm not saying don't have your eye on the prize, but they're looking at the professional, you know, career, whether it be football or basketball, baseball, whatever. So they've got their eye on that. Yeah. But to me, as a parent, the prize is the college education. Right. You've reached, like, that is such a huge thing. If you can get a scholarship for college. Right huge right and I think another like big thing that I try to emphasize is all right you can go to make sure you finish college so when you get there you know don't let all that go for not and not finish up good point Um, so you know for me and and I agree with you a lot of kids you know they see that ultimate prize and they they kind of skip over the steps that it takes to get there so I try to tell them hey education and I know they hear that and they're like all right education but it's so important it's it's extremely important, and I tell the kids like, knowledge is one thing no one can ever take away from you. Absolutely, so my dad's a professor; it, he always says that knowledge yeah. is something no that no that no one can ever take away from you. What about um, had you planned to go to college before you became so good at basketball, or was that an extra perk? Uh, it was kind of an extra perk for me. I was the first person in my family to graduate college. Awesome. So, you know, it wasn't like I had people around me to, like, you know, give me the example. Like, yeah, all right, well, my older sister, she went to college and she graduated. So um, I, got, I got the opportunity to be the first one to be that role model. And, uh, um, you know, I th- my brother started going to college and my older brother. So, you know, it, it's been good for me to be you know, a role model in some sense. Oh, yeah, to him, for sure. Yeah. And do you, do you see yourself as, you know, when you travel around, you're a Christian, you've been to 15 countries, yeah. probably every state, you're meeting people all the time, going to children's hospitals. Do you take that seriously? Because I think kids look up to you. And so how do you view your role as a role model? Um, I think it's huge. I think it's huge. And I get the question sometimes, how big is it to you to be able to be the only female on the team? Um, and I think, you know, you know, it's it's good to be able to show a girl, like, yeah, you can play basketball with the boys, but I think even bigger than that, hey, you can achieve any dream that you have. And it doesn't have to be basketball because everyone's not going to be good at basketball. Everyone's not going to be good at sports. But I think if you instill in them that whatever the dream is, whether maybe you want to be a teacher, maybe, you know, you want to be a doctor, something like that, you can do it. Now, uh, you just mentioned, again, only female on the team. Yeah. All right, we've got to talk about that. Yeah. What is that like? I mean, it's you traveling around the world with how many guys on the team? Well, uh, we split it up into three units. So now we have a female on each unit, ah. which is really good. Yes, um, you have like a buddy. Right, right, right. So, um, uh, but my particular unit, I'm the only female on the team. And there's probably about uh, nine or ten of us. And, you know, I was a little hesitant about that. too. I'm like, how are these guys, how receptive are they going to be about playing with a female on the team? Um, but, you know, I, I don't want to say I was surprised. Uh, I just had no idea that they would be so receptive and they would be so positive and respectful and professional. And they're like my, I'm walking through the mall, I got about eight or nine bodyguards now. So like they're like family to me. I've had the opportunity to get to know their family, their wives, their girlfriends, you know, their kids. And it's been a blessing for me. Wow. So the camaraderie is really there, just like any sporting team. Yes. Okay, now you mentioned walking through the mall. So you and nine, I'm assuming, generally tall gentlemen. Yes. So now, <laughs> now even if you're not wearing your uniforms, do you guys get a lot of attention? With your uniforms, probably every kid stops oh, yeah, you. Yeah. What happens when you guys go places in your uniforms and you're just like maybe, like you said, in a mall? Right. I feel like everyone, well, I've come to find out everyone has a globetrotter story you told me your globetrotter <laughs> story right, you know everyone has a globetrotter right, story and, does. um they're and they want to tell you right they're positive <laughs> stories you're probably so sick of cur- hearing about hearing about curly oh, you're like no, again angie curly. with the curly no no i love curly <laughs> i understand why you would love him um <laughs> um but i think they're always positive stories and you know it's so cool to be able to go around the world and always be the home team like, I never had that before. You know, you, when you play traditional basketball, you're always going to be a weight team sometimes. So um, it's been great. And, you know, there's the positive feedback and being a part of that. Yeah, I'll bet. That is exciting. Um, you know, was there anything? Okay, so tricks. You've learned all these tricks, and you spin the ball around in your finger, <laughs> and you put it through your legs and twirl around and all the stuff the guys taught you. Yeah. Anything that you were like, you would not believe how hard such and such is, or something that took you so long to learn, or a favorite trick you have? Yeah. Well, we, we've been talking about Curly, and he was a, a famous dribbler for the bat, for the Globetrotters. Like, he would slide on the ground while he was dribbling. So I am, um, so I, I kind of take after him as far as trying to, 
I slide on the floor while I'm dribbling. So oh. I'll run and I'll take off in a slide on the floor. Like in your shoes? Um, well, yeah, with my shoes. I wear knee pads. Oh, so you like slide that. on your knees while you're yes. dribbling? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my son yeah. Would Almost love like this. a. If you can imagine a baseball slide. You've seen someone slide in baseball? Yes. So it's like that, but it's on the court. That's pretty and cool. And I have the basketball. Is so, that one of your signature moves? Yeah. Everyone cheers? Yeah. I yeah. Love it. <laughs> so um it, it's been it's been cool. It, it's a fun job. It's a fun job. Is it um yeah, I guess if you think about like um the jobs you could have in the world, this is probably one of the top, you know, ten um most satisfying in terms of you get to use your athletic ability, you know, you get to work out, yeah. stay fit, meet people, but be a role model. And like I said earlier, what an interesting ministry for a Christian woman to get, you know, accidentally put into accidentally. Right, you're right. Yeah, we'll put the quotes around that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I never would have imagined that God would open these doors up for me to touch. I mean, I've played in front of hundreds, hundred thousands of fans around the world. So, And when you said, you know, it, it being a blessing, do you feel, has faith been something you've leaned on? And you said you were the first one in your family to go to college. You hadn't really thought about it. Then you end up being really great at you know, basketball, mm-hmm. get your scholarship, go on to play ball in Sweden. Now, obviously, there are probably some bumpy times yeah. in there. So talk about faith. Is that something that you've leaned on? Yeah, I mean, that's how I grew up. So I've, I've always known to, you know, no matter what happens, I've always known where to go back to. Um, say if I get lost along my journey, I always know where my base is. So I think that's helped me tremendously, you know, especially through some tough times. You know, um, at the end of the day, I know where to go and I know where the base is. So, you know, anytime it was rough, I go back to that base and I, you know, put some prayer into it. And um, God hasn't failed me yet. So that's a good thing. Yeah. He doesn't fail. You're right. right. He doesn't. Right. All right. So the spring is going to have a bunch of family because you're, you're yeah. playing. I just want to mention again, Pepsi Center, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday, March 7th. So this Saturday at 2 p.m. Um, we talk about family. Are they? But they're, they're really proud of you. Yeah. They're. They've been throughout my life. They've been so great. They've been so great and so supportive. And that helps a lot to know Huge. that you know, uh, succeed or fail, you have someone there in your corner absolutely so you know that made me go after my dreams even even you know more tenaciously um but yeah they're gonna come out on uh friday and they're gonna come out saturday oh friday and saturday well, friday's in colorado springs that's oh, where i'm from oh, that's right so okay hometown. we're in the springs too so uh, okay, you know okay. our show is yeah, so yeah. um so friday in the springs and then uh seventh saturday in denver yeah. all right we have like a minute left so what would okay. you say to someone listening who i you know there are a lot of people out here t- in the world of who try to kill our dreams, the dream yeah. killers and the naysayers. And if somebody has dream, you know, yours actually was a lot of work. Yeah. And maybe you were told sometimes you can't do that. What yeah. do you say to, to someone whose dreams have been squashed to go after them? Um, I, like, like when I go around and I talk to hundreds of people uh, yearly and I say dream big, dream often. You know, just because you have a dream get another one. If that one fails, get another one after that. And get back up again. I interviewed a former Miss America who's a vet now, and she went to two states. I believe she tried seven or 11 times until she became Miss America. And I'm like, you go. That is so (laughs) cool. Aw, TNT Maddox, you were great. What a blessing to have you in. Again, if you want to go to see them here in Denver, Saturday, March 7th at 2 p.m., just Google Globetrotters, and you'll get info on the tickets. A great family event. We'll be right back with the good news. Your good news, TNT. Thank you for having me. This is the place where love lives. 810 KLVZ. One in six children in Colorado are living below the federal poverty line, and a precious child is here to help. They are a wonderful organization that is devoted to making a positive impact in the lives of disadvantaged and displaced families in Colorado by improving their quality of life. Come on and partner with a precious child by volunteering your time or donating funds to assist the children of Colorado to succeed in life, school, and triumph in their future endeavors. They're also in need of donations of gently used clothing, computers, sporting equipment, and shoes. Discover how you can help at a precious child.org. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. You have to know about ARC thrift stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. Now, what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? 
Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag, <laughs> brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs, um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check and some of those things, but it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Monica Hawkins Ministries is an evangelical ministry whose focus is to serve others and to be a voice that shares the word of God and his love. We would like for you and your family to come in fellowship with us during our biweekly Bible study. And on the first Saturday of every month, we have our women's ministry, Women of Strength. Our Bible studies are located at the Highlands Ranch East Ridge Recreation Center. For more information, please visit our website, Monica Hawkins Ministries. God's love lives. 810 KLVZ. You know, I love to talk about dreams and goals because, you know, we all have that passion, that something in our heart, but sometimes it's so fearful to go after it. And I think in many cases, I don't know about you, but sometimes perfection has held me back. Like I won't put together a demo tape because, well, I got the, I need the perfect this. I need the perfect that. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's laughing. Carrie Connolly <laughs> is an expert in helping people achieve their dreams and goals and coming up with a vision for their life. And I have to say, Carrie, this striving, you say we should strive for excellence, not perfection. I cannot tell you how many things I have put off because I wanted to get the perfect whatever first. Mm-hmm. So I did nothing. So many people do this, Angie. And, you know, it's such a human trait for us to think that before we can put ourselves out there, whether it's in a small way or a really big way, that it has to be absolutely perfect. And, you know, one of the things I tell people is I, there's only one person I ever remember walking this earth that was perfect. So when we strive for that, it's just not humanly possible. We're just too mortal to be perfect. So, um, so it's, Perfection is such a myth, and like you said, it will absolutely stall people out from even taking baby steps into the vision or the dream that they have. So I really encourage people to understand and keep perfection in perspective. It's not possible. I absolutely 100% agree, and even just reading your tip about strive for excellence rather than the perfection, it's like, just do it. And I think it perfection freezes you. And then Mm -hmm. it's like a giant boulder in the river and you don't know how to get around it. So you're just going to blow up a little air mattress and float there forever. (laughs) I always love how you have uh, such great visuals, Angie, because, you know, that's exactly what people are doing. Um, You know that I coach um, a lot of people, specifically entrepreneurs. And when I have somebody in my coaching group that, let's say, is a brand new entrepreneur, that they have a vision and a dream and something that's been put on their heart for a really long time. And when they start sharing it with me, they're so fearful to tell me about it um, because they're afraid to even put it out there. And then the next step is that they have a really hard time putting legs around it, giving it some sort of baby steps to start with. And so when I work with them on saying, okay, this is a really big, awesome vision that you have. And I can see this is something God has placed in you that you should be following Um, And I said, can you just go out the door and take these tiny little baby steps? I can see like this big 
lump in their throat that shows up. And it's just so scary. Um, but it's exactly what God wants us to do because what I remember is that we are to walk on faith, right? And so a lot of times when I've had a vision around growing a company or going out and doing some coaching or speaking, you know, the very first thing I have in my mind is, oh my gosh, who am I to think I can do that? And I'm not perfect. And what if I stumble? And what I've learned is people, they love it when other people take the leap of faith and they actually stumble a little bit because it shows them that anything is possible. So, you know, what we have to remember second is that number one, you know, perfection is a myth. And number two is that there's a vision that you have inside you for a reason and you are not supposed to have it all figured out before you go do it. That's God's job. I love that because you can take steps. Like, I feel like until people have like a whole plan laid out and, you know, my pastor uh-huh. had said, Angie, maybe just one door will open and then another door and another door. So it's a series of steps. Everything might not be right. laid out in like your plan for the next 20 years is now in front of you. Isn't it lovely? No, it might just be the plan for the next month. Right. Or just today. You know, a lot of times, um, so when we, you know, when people have a great big vision, Angie, like, like you did and like several of the people that you know that I've coached, um, they, they absolutely have in them everything it takes to succeed. They just need somebody to hold their hand for a little bit to say, you know what, let's take that great big thing that you want to create that God has put in your heart and let's break it down into one year where we see it going in a year. And if that's where we see it landing, then where can we be six months from now? And then what I get them to do is work in 90-day increments um, and to focus on three simple things for 90 days that they feel good about and they feel like, okay, if I can lock and load on those three things for 90 days, I feel like I could really learn and grow from that. And that's the other thing we're called to do is we're called to just step out on faith and to do something every day to move in the direction towards growing our faith and growing personally and, you know, inspiring and affecting, you know, everybody else's lives. So the last thing I encourage everybody to do is do something every day that moves in the direction of the dream. Even if it comes down to just Googling something, because so many of us look at other people who have, you know, have it all, the success and the money and things are going for them really, really well. And they don't, see all the adversity that we went through to get there. Right. And it's our jobs to keep sharing that story so that other people, you know, you've seen me on stage, Andy. And what happens when I start talking about personal stuff is I start crying and it's horrible. I hate it. But you know what? Every time I do it, people come racing up to me as we're going, I love that you did that because it made me connect to you and know that you've been through some stuff too. And that makes it real for me. Well, and I, so we really need to show that transparency. Yeah. And I, I just figure, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm not going to hide anything. What you see is what you get. So uh, Carrie, or what you hear is what you get on the radio. Uh, right. Carrie, you're, you're just uh, such a blessing and in inspiring people. Mm-hmm. Um, how do people get in contact with you and reach you and see, you know, all that you have going on? Yeah. The best way is just to go to my website and it's infinitenation.com. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.